0: Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative, biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Dr. Fred. You're listening to another episode of Study, Grow, Know, and this one is entitled, Lessons from Ruth. You know, there is so much there in this short book for the Christian to appreciate. God's grace and love is clearly evidenced throughout as an example to us and is so far beyond, I think, really our ability to fully appreciate. And when we realize how undeserved we are to be the objects of his love and grace, it makes that book that much more precious to us. Now, the book of Ruth is actually set during the fairly dark days and turbulent times of the book of Judges, Ruth 1.1, possibly written by Samuel. There are so many things that happened in Israel during this time that appears to make us think that Israel didn't deserve any grace from God at all, I mean, at least as a nation. However, there were individual Jews who loved and worshipped god and who also lived morally upright lives as best they could doing their best to remain obedient to god in these dark times now this allowed them to continue in fellowship with god which by the way should be the daily goal of every christian shouldn't it but by far it seems that a general spiritual malaise covered the entire land of israel during the time of the judges now this isn't really unlike today in my opinion i mean there is a growing darkness coming to the fore throughout the world today it is so because of the push of satanic forces through individuals and groups of people who are thoroughly opposed to god and these blasphemers are solely motivated by the evil enveloping them having given themselves over to it And consequently, as Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1, those people will naturally go from bad to worse. Anyone associated with them will be dragged down in the same direction in which they're descending. Now, ultimately, this is the result of people and leaders of nations attempting to Rise up against God, wanting nothing to do with Him, not even wanting to think of Him any longer. Psalm 2. And it is clear that God eventually throws them over to their desires, giving them what they seek. That's tragic, but it is happening now as it happened in the book of Judges and many times throughout history. However, Though the times were spiritually disconsolate for Israel, there were blessings for some people who had not cast God off. And because of that overall spiritual void, though, it is understandable, but it is still wrong, that Naomi, the mother-in-law of Ruth, felt completely abandoned by God after her husband died, and then her two grown married sons also died, leaving her and her two daughters-in-law widows. Naomi believed God's hand was against her because of the deaths of the men, in verse 13. Isn't that like us? Isn't that the way we humans operate? When bad things happen, we're often tempted to think God has not only left us, but is punishing us for something. Now, certainly, he could be chastising us for unconfessed sin, right? That's a possibility. But the more we know about how God works, through scripture, of course, The more we know that this is not always the case for instance joseph in genesis what happened to him was clearly clearly done by god himself even though his brothers meant it for evil god meant it for good and to create and save a nation unto himself so naomi with her two daughters-in-law heads back from the country of moab to israel and as a reminder moab was the illegitimate son of lot's incestuous union with one of his daughters naomi wanted to go back to israel because she'd heard that god had provided food for people there the fields were once again producing grain and other crops now naomi knew that the Mosaic law held that a farmer should leave some of the crop in the field so that people passing by could help themselves if they were hungry. Now, of course, they couldn't load up on it. They couldn't put it in containers. They couldn't store it away. They were able and allowed to gather and glean what what would keep them from being hungry. So, if they were hungry, they could glean some of the crops left in the fields specifically for that purpose that was built into the mosaic law as a sign of god's grace and love naomi knew that if god was indeed blessing the people of israel with good crops there would be excess left in the fields for gleaning but she did not want either daughter-in-law to go with her back to Israel because she had no way to provide for them and certainly had no other sons to give them in marriage. She wouldn't be having any more children either. So she believed it was pointless for her two daughters-in-law to continue on with her. She was old and she was just getting older. Both daughters-in-law were from Moab. So it was natural that Naomi wanted them to remain there for better chances to find a moabite husband and naomi would return to israel by herself now one daughter-in-law tearfully obeyed and went back to her people in moab while the other ruth did not her strong wishes were expressed and her comments to to naomi are often used in marriage vows matter of fact they were used in the marriage vows of my wife and i whither thou goest i will go and where thou lodgest i will lodge thy people shall be my people and thy god my god ruth 1 16b now this dedication and commitment so moved naomi that she relented and she allowed ruth to remain with her it is interesting that once they arrived in israel naomi seems to want to help ruth find a husband it's obvious that naomi had grown to love ruth as a daughter not just a daughter-in-law. She did not want Ruth to be alone. She felt a responsibility to help her get settled. So chapter two introduces the kinsman-redeemer concept that had been set up in the Mosaic Law for situations when a man dies and leaves a wife without any children. Now, in this case, the redeemer was to marry the widow and have children with her so that her first husband's name and progeny are carried on in Israel. And this often included land, earmarked, for the deceased husband who had it in his possession. Now, one such kinsman redeemer is introduced in chapter two, verse three, by the name of Boaz. Now, interestingly enough, we learn that Boaz comes from Bethlehem, verse four. He has workers called reapers who work for him and gather the crops and uh, he oversees their work. Ruth had already arrived to Boaz's field and had asked those reapers for permission to glean. She really didn't need to ask permission, but she was being polite. She wanted to be honorable. Verse seven tells us what a hard worker Ruth was and was not afraid to work in the fields. Now, once Boaz took notice of Ruth, it's clear that he wanted to protect her. Verses eight and nine. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap and go thou after them have i not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee and when thou art thirst a thirst go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn interesting now calling ruth daughter here was really, of course, a sign of respect and indicates also that Boaz was not in Ruth's age bracket. Now, as a result, Boaz's words to her, as a result of what he said, Ruth falls at his feet in appreciation for his kindness. She understands that Boaz is trying to protect her by letting her know that she should remain in his fields where she can be protected Being in another field might put her at risk where she might easily be harassed or even physically abused. Boaz also orders his own workers to leave her alone and ensure that she's not bothered, but to keep a careful eye on her. Now, Boaz is obviously concerned for Ruth's safety, which also signifies the dark times during Israel's history then. Now, as we further learn, Boaz, he seems drawn to Ruth already. I'm sure many of us know what love at first sight is like, right? I can still remember the days when I really started noticing the woman who eventually said yes to my marriage proposal. It certainly felt like love at first sight then, and I'm very glad she felt the same. Boaz keeps a very watchful, protective fatherly eye on ruth and in ruth chapter 3 we learn of naomi's counsel to ruth what she should do what she should say to boaz to encourage him to be the kinsman redeemer for ruth and the land that elimelech had so at night ruth goes and lies at Boaz's feet based on the counsel of her mother-in-law uh, naomi she uncovers his feet and he wakes realizing someone is there understandably understandably he's a bit startled in the dark and he could not easily see who was there so ruth responds quote i am ruth thine handmaid spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid for thou art a near kinsman isn't that interesting? I find that really interesting. Anyway, Ruth was actually doing something very interesting here. She was proposing marriage to Boaz. She wanted Boaz to be her kinsman redeemer. She was inviting Boaz into her life so that she would no longer be alone alone. And would be able to have his children. Verse 10 of this chapter shows us how pleased Boaz was by this offer, considering Ruth could have gone to a younger man, but chose Boaz instead. And really, by Ruth doing this, she's actually protecting her mother in law, too. We'll get to that in just a second. This is really reminiscent of when a person becomes a Christian. When their eyes are open to the truth, they what? embrace and invite jesus literally thanking asking him to come into their life as savior and lord god opens our eyes we embrace truth and we what we receive him and as his adopted bride we will eventually marry him now just as boaz responded with delight at ruth's desire to marry him to invite boaz into her life so does jesus respond with delight and of course the angels of heaven worship him over the salvation of one person now there was one hurdle left to deal with as far as ruth was concerned and that was another kinsman redeemer who was closer to the family than boaz was that other kinsman redeemer had the first right of refusal shall we say notice in the text boaz is very careful To comply with all aspects of god's will did you notice this he was like to the letter keeping the law in fact boaz appeared eager to do this are we eager to fulfill all of god's law that eagerness allows us to be and remain in fellowship With God in Christ. Now, the next day, Boaz sits at the city gate, waiting for the nearer kinsman Redeemer. And when he happens by, Boaz invites him to sit. The man does so. And then Boaz invites 10 men of the city to also sit and listen and watch the proceedings and then be able to testify that all was done according to the law. The 10 men would be legal witnesses to the transaction that Boaz hoped to enter into with this kinsman redeemer so initially the kinsman redeemer the nearer one says he will redeem naomi's claim because he thought that it merely involved redeeming the land that belonged to Elimelech, naomi's deceased husband now when boaz tells the nearer kinsman that he would also have to take ruth as his wife he states he's not in the position to do that so he legally passes his rights as kinsman-redeemer onto Boaz. This is signified by passing his sandal to Boaz. The ten men of the city verify the business arrangement, and everyone goes their way. Now, Boaz is now legally able to redeem Elimelech's land and marry Ruth at the same time, redeeming not only Ruth, but Naomi from their situation. Nothing Nothing will keep Boaz from completing the agreed upon transaction. Um chapter 4 verse 13 says, "So Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife and he when he went into her the Lord gave her conception and she bare a son." Naomi remains Ruth's mother-in-law even though her two sons had died and Boaz is not her flesh and blood. Naomi becomes the grandmother of ruth's and boaz's son roughly you know a year later the child is named obed by naomi and the neighbors and normally the name would have been given by the mother ruth but not in this case obed as you probably know became the father of jesse and jesse the father of david who as you i'm sure also know became israel's second king after saul's failure to remain true to god's will repeatedly unfortunately in his arrogance saul essentially did exactly what lucifer satan did by elevating himself over god but that's for another article think of it had ruth not implored her mother-in-law to allow her to remain with her none of this would have happened god is in The details and even those things which may initially appear to us to be not under God's control, not under his sovereignty, often turn out to be under his control and his sovereignty. And again, we'll use the example of Joseph, right? What God meant for good, the brothers meant for evil, but God wins. God gets his way in spite of the evil Desires of Joseph's brothers. Now, Ruth, this is also fascinating. A Gentile from Moab is quote unquote redeemed by a Jewish man, Boaz. Ruth represents the church, largely Gentile, redeemed by Jesus. What is also very interesting here is the fact that we know Jesus ultimately comes from the Davidic line, doesn't he? We know that. But consider though that the union of Boaz in Ruth is a union of an Israelite Jew and a Moabite Gentile. What this means is that within Christ's own lineage, there is a Gentile component. Isn't that fascinating? There's just so much here in this short four chapter book of Ruth to cover in one article, but I hope what I presented sets you digging. God woos those who ultimately come into his church as his bride. Just as Boaz wooed Ruth, as Boaz cared for and redeemed Ruth, so does Jesus care for and redeem us. May the Lord bless you with this knowledge and information from his word. And I pray that God will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him till we meet again. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective.